of a treat. We've got Jane away, so I get to uh, speak to Dennis. Welcome, Dennis Stewart. Always lovely to have you on the show. It's very nice to be with you, but you're looking very attractive today. Oh, Dennis. Listeners, you should see her. Her hair's done up beautifully. And it was all done for me. It was. It's all done for I me. thought I'm going to have that? to put in some effort today. My, my wife will be very impressed. Do a top knot in the hair. I just can't oh, fit yeah, the headphones very, on. Very, very. I used to have hair like that. I want to see a picture. You I, said I that might earlier. Surprise you one day and take you back to the early seventies. <gasps> we'll post uh, that on Facebook. In It'll the have a meltdown. Part of New South Wales. <laughs> You were a hippie, weren't oh, you? Oh, dear, 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 dear. <laughs> you've, ruined, you've ruined my reputation. Oh, goodness me. It's health naturally. <laughs> and going to the phones, welcome, Vicky. You're in Shortland. What's your question for Dennis Stewart today? Hi, Dennis. Hello, um, Vicky. How are you going? Oh, very well. Okay, my question is mm-hmm. um, menopause. Yes. Would Ostragalus 8 help with that? Okay, Vicky, without getting too personal, are you moving through that interesting stage, are you? Oh, uh, yeah, hot sweat. Hot flushing, okay. Um, like all the, all the yeah, okay. um, no energy, yes. always tired. Yes. Mm. Okay, so. look, as far as um, the actual experience of flushing, if you, if you like to call it that, astragalus may or may not help there. It's not, it's not uh, something that I would... Uh, initially recommend for someone who was presenting with that as a dominant and perhaps the only symptom of of the menopause but your secondary uh, second uh, or your secondary concerns that is loss of energy uh, fatigue those symptoms which very frequently are associated with this hormonal change they could well respond uh, to the astragalus 8 formula and I'll explain why astragalus 8 has developed its reputation all around the world. And let me just say to listeners, Astragalus 8 is a formula. It was first mentioned, and uh, as far as I'm aware, written up in American literature. I discovered the formula in preparation for a uh, series of lectures on immunology at a postgraduate seminar in Melbourne that I did probably 30 years ago. And there, in a book um, written by the American doctor, Dr. Donald Badgley, um, in a book written about the contribution of natural medicine to the, uh, how can I call it, the management or the uh, support of people with AIDS, the Astragalus 8 formula was called up, complete, with the proportion of each of the eight herbs. So it's a formula that's been out there for some time. um, And essentially what it is, as you probably know, is a formula that is now marketed and manufactured by quite a few manufacturers around the world. Um, And it's mainly um, used to address immunological conditions, things like depleted immune systems, uh, people that have had chemotherapy where their, their, their blood profile might have been knocked about a bit. It's very useful for that, but it is also, and has also been in, in my system of prescribing it over many years, uh, been my, one of my primary remedies to address what's called, colloquially called, the chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. And I have written uh, a paper on the chronic fatigue syndrome, which is available free of charge for any uh, person that wants to get it from my rooms, um, explaining how astragalusate may be of use for people who are plagued with that uh, symptom, which frequently is associated with, with uh, okay, viral uh, pathologies, but also uh, can be associated with other factors, things like uh, 
psychosocial factors that bring on a lot of stress or anxiety. Astragalusate can be useful in supporting what we would call the adrenal axis, in supporting the production of the, the two main hormones of the adrenal gland, adrenaline and, and cortisone. So yeah. I would see it as perhaps being very useful in your case um, as a remedy to try to get over those set of symptoms. Now, without uh, you know saying much more about it, the number of herbs in the formula, which are about eight herbs, some of those herbs, some of those herbs are also used in Chinese herbal medicine as remedies to address female reproductive disorders. So there may be, there may be a potential to address some of the hormonal factors that you're presently experiencing. I'd give it a go. It's, um, it's worth a shot. It is worth a it. shot. And, and it's a ve- look, for listeners generally out there, and particularly those with, with immune systems that are under a bit of stress or who uh, have been uh, you know, plagued with viral infections, etc., Astragalus 8 is still, in my opinion, one of the most important preparations I have ever brought into this country and lectured on. And uh, I take it every day. My wife takes it every day. And numerous other people take it every day. And I would think in this climate in which we live, um, it's a useful adjunct to medical management for many of the conditions with which we're presently confronted. And Vicky, good luck with it. Um, Let us know how you go and I hope it does relieve some of those symptoms. Nothing worse. Now let's go to Paul who's in Nora Head. Uh, Paul, you've got a question about ginkgo, biloba and blood thinners. That's correct. Thanks for taking the call, Dennis. Hello, Paul. Um, I'm on blood thinners. Yes. And is there a problem with me also now taking ginkgo biloba? Is there a clash between them? Okay. If you look at the literature you will find that there is a caution associated with the taking of ginkgo biloba in conjunction with with blood thinners in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Now, there are many people out there, I know this for a fact, who purchase ginkgo biloba across the counter as an over-the-counter product from retail outlets. Many of those people would be on blood thinners and many of them would be particularly taking, say, aspirin. And, yeah. many, and many of them... Um, are not, if you like, uh, noticeably being affected by that. However, there are blood thinners and blood thinners, and some of the stronger uh, blood thinners, um, if you are on those, I think it would be uh, very precautionary for you to discuss your wanting to go on to ginkgo with your GP or your cardiologist in order to get them on side or, or in order to monitor what your blood profile is doing, um, what your INR readings are all about if you're on warfarin. Um, so there is debate. Let me, let me emphasize this. There is debla- debate, despite what's in a lot of the literature. Modern debate suggests that some of that literature might have been a bit over the top. But what I'm saying is, if you're on a strong medically prescribed uh, blood thinners, before you start taking ginkgo, discuss it with your medical manager and have it monitored or otherwise clarified. What, 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 is the, what are the problems that they, they have um, identified or suge- suggested, I should say? Okay. Uh, in, in, ginkgo has a, what's called an antiplatelet aggregating uh, activity. It works against um, platelet aggregation, so in, in a sense it works along similar lines to what we colloquially call blood thinners. And so 
put that together with the action of other blood thinners and what you're getting perhaps is an augmenting effect on blood thinning activity. Now I've been very crude and very non-medical and very simple in my language there but what I guess I'm saying is ginkgo has some noticeable chemistry that affects uh, clotting activity but again a lot would depend upon dosage let me emphasize this dosage and the uh, your condition what other blood thinner you might be on um so there's an augmenting effect potentially but again i say that in in some of our modern literature put out by some manufacturers of ginkgo products today the the idea of there being a clash is questioned okay some great advice there with Dennis Stewart. Now, Dennis, a lot of people obviously extremely interested in Astragalus 8, mm. uh, but Leanne in Mayfield has a great question. She wants to know if there's any difference between Astragalus and Astragalus 8. Okay, look, there is a difference, but let me just say this, that Astragalus, particularly in, in um, Chinese herbal medicine, is considered to be perhaps the major uh, immune-stimulating herb. If we had to say if there was a representative immune-enhancing herb in Chinese medicine, it would have to be Astragalus 8. So I refer to it as the leader of the pack or the leader of the team. Right. On its own, it's remarkable, but when taken in conjunction with other members of the team, each one of those members brings to the action of Astragalus 8 an augmenting effect. You've got the A-team there. You have, because... Those other seven herbs that are combined with astragalus in the astragalus 8 formula, they have uh, characteristics also on improving uh, energy, improving the immune response, uh, assisting in depleted immune systems. And so put them all together and you have an astragalus effect exaggerated, if you like. So um, astragalus 8, very, very useful on its own. Let me just emphasize that. And, and astragalus 8 should not be seen as necessarily taking the place of astragalus. But the astragalus 8 formula, let me say it again, is a formula developed uh, by Chinese physicians with their understanding of compounding herbs and compounding means, the blending of herbs to get, if you like, a superior effect or an augmented effect, or an enhancing effect. So astragalus 8, in your opinion, is the, well, is I the think, better? Well, I think astragalus 8 um, represents everything that astragalus has got, but reinforced or backed up by the other members of the team. Dennis, is there any difference in the effectiveness of, say, the tonic, the liquid, compared mm. to the capsule? I've always wondered that. Okay. Look, technically speaking, no. Technically speaking, mm. Um, but when one takes a, a capsule or a tablet, it does require uh, a level of gastrointestinal activity, um, which may or may not be as good as it should be, particularly, uh, say, in elderly people. Um, the digestive system may not be functioning as well. Um, the gut chemistry might not be good. You often hear uh, people talking about taking tablets and them coming out the other end, so to speak, mm, a little yeah. bit vulgar, but people know what I'm talking about. So technically speaking, there should be no difference. But my view and experience is that um, some people uh, don't get the maximum benefit from a tablet or capsule due to an underlying gastrointestinal problem. That's an opinion.
I prefer the liquid preparation. That is the preparation that um, I first developed as a, result, as a result of studying the astragalus 8. There's a whole history about how astragalus 8 uh, became um, available in Australia. I'll talk about that on another time. But the preparation that was first produced was a liquid preparation based on herbs imported from China and manufactured here in Australia at Balgaula. Now, uh, and that, to my way of thinking, well, it's certainly still my favourite rendition of the Astragalus 8 formula, and most of the papers that I've written and most of the experience that I've observed from patients has been based on the liquid formula. Now, I've got to be cautious here. I'm in no way putting down the tablet or capsule form. I know members of my own family use the tableted preparations of it. But you've asked me a question, and what I would say is, I prefer the liquid preparation. I believe that the the, the liquid form perhaps is, is better taken up across the gut wall mm-hmm. and gets into the bloodstream perhaps more effectively. It doesn't have to sustain the amount of digesting or digestive process that, say, solid preparations do. Now, I might be entirely wrong there, and I come back and defend the tablet or a capsule uh, by saying that, technically speaking, they render the same herbs and one should expect the same abilities. Dennis, while we're talking mm. about astragalus as well, is for someone that might be listening at home, I was speaking to you off air and said I've been feeling, you know, a little bit fatigued lately, and you said give it a go. How long until people will start noticing the results and effects from taking yeah. it? If you're taking it daily, your five mils or your capsule daily? Well, look, it obviously depends upon um, uh, the patient or the person that presents or what background condition uh, they've experienced and how long they've experienced it for. One of the most startling cases that I can remember, and this goes back probably now, oh dear, I've been in practice too long, but this probably goes back about 10 to 15 years. I saw a, a lass in my New Lambton rooms who was helped in by her mother and sister or cousin this was a university student who had to retire from a uh, second year of university studies here in Newcastle because she had uh, been stricken uh, by the Epstein-Barr virus oh, uh, uh, months or perhaps even a year before, and she was completely wiped out. She couldn't walk, uh, slept all day. Uh, medically, uh, it been nothing could be done. because. Terrible. And in this particular case, the problem was that the dear girl was lined up to be a bridesmaid in November uh, where she was expected to participate in Sacred Heart in, in, in Hamilton there in a, in, a, in a marriage ceremony with, with one of her friends. So the task was to try to get this girl from February when she first presented in a fit state to be able to do that. Now, I can honestly say, and I'm not going over the top here, I know, and I've said this before, people think I go over the top at times I don't. <laughs> I speak from experience. Yes. I speak from experience. This lass almost, from the first bottle of the liquid preparation of astragalus 8, began to show signs of improvement. Yep. Down the track, within, say, three months, she was able to walk reasonably well into the rooms with the mother and, and her other friend. By the time we got round to the wedding in November, she could have run up the, the aisle. Oh, isn't Heart. that fantastic? Now, that is a long time to be on astragalus 8 formula, but there you have a case 
of a, of a lass who was completely immobilised. An a extreme lot of, case. A lot of medicos would say, oh, look, it was all in the head. Perhaps not even medicos. A lot of practitioners would say, oh, it was all in the head. This was a, a mental condition. This was a genuine side effect of having experienced a nasty episode of Epstein-Barr. It's funny you should say that, Dennis, because Sally Lucas, who, of course, comes on next, I know she's been a a patient of yours, and Mm. she said that you actually cured her of chronic fatigue Mm. nearly 28 years ago. Mm. And at that point in time, uh, people considered it to be in the mind, which you've just mentioned, and it was nicknamed the yuppie flu. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because a little bit of that still lingers. I have to be honest and say that... I don't get too much of that sort of derogatory comment uh, today. I think there would be... I don't think there'd be too many practitioners, certainly not in good old Newcastle, who would describe um, chronic fatigue as being just, if you like, yuppie flu. Yes. uh, Or, if you like, uh, being all in the head, uh, that sort of thing. Times have changed. I've watched it change. I've watched... Uh, younger general practitioners uh, graduating from this wonderful medical faculty uh, take on board a lot of these things which a generation ago, in Sally's time, say 25 years ago, would have been seen as, well, is it a medical condition or is it just something that yuppies get? Now, look, it was a real thing. It's a real thing now. And what we're seeing now, of course, is not only Epstein-Barr virus, but we're also seeing cytomegalovirus, Ross River fever, and other viruses, without elaborating, all those viruses, in my opinion, could benefit in varying degrees from using astragalus 8. Welcome to the show, Gary in Rutherford. You've got a case of severe tennis elbow. Sure do. Just wondering if um, Dennis had any, any remedy for me. Sure. Gary, tell me something about its history. How long have you been uh, battling it? Oh, years. But oh, years. Very- very severe in the last three to four months. Okay. What management have you had for it so far? What treatment have you been using? Um, not much at all, really. Um, I've used an ointment called Zen, Z-E-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to relieve it for a little bit. That's, um, all, and that's all you've done? You've had no physio or anything like that? I'm about to, yes. Okay. Look, I think physio would be useful, but... Um, this condition, which can vary from client to client, patient to patient, um, could be uh, helped, probably more than helped, by an understanding of the action of, of two herbs which are famous for their topical use. When we talk about things having a topical use, we're talking about things that are applied, ointments, creams, lotions, etc. Now, there are two herbs. One of them is, one of them is called Arnica. And the other one is a particular preparation of capsicum, which uh, capsicum has a number of active principles in it. Its main chemical constituent is what's called the oleoresin, O-L-E-O-R-E-S-I-N. So there are uh, products in the marketplace based on capsicum oleoresin. There are also products in the marketplace, uh, one of them called Stiff Sore and Sorry, a good Newcastle-based and Newcastle-manufactured product which incorporates arnica and the oleoresin of capsicum. Right. I had a bit to do in helping the development of that Newcastle product and I use it in my own rooms. There is rationale associated with it. For instance, 
people might be say, oh, when Dennis talks about capsicum, he talks about the heating characteristics of it. Well, to a degree, but capsicum also has a much more uh, what we call pharmacological effect. The oleoresin of it actually has a depleting effect on pain transmission. So it's used as a great remedy to remove some of the pain associated with various muscular and skeletal symptoms. It may not cure the problem, but what it certainly does in most cases, when applied consistently over four to five days, and that's how long it will take for a preparation like that to begin to kick in. It ne- and then once it kick- it's kicked in, you keep using it until hopefully the level of discomfort begins to deteriorate or go away and your need for the product uh, vanishes. I think that in conjunction with the physiotherapy that you're going to have, uh, also mention to your physiotherapist something uh, about, say, uh, dry needling, and also mention to him my suggestion that you use to augment his treatment or her treatment a topical application based on arnica, the oleoresin of capsicum, stiff sore and sorry being a good Newcastle product that represents that ability. And where can I get this? Okay, always try your own pharmacy or your own health food store, but if not, you can always get them from my room. But I say favour your own uh, people. I don't want this program to be seen as something where I'm pushing my own products. But if you can't, as frequently happens, they're always available for my rooms in New Lambton. Very good. Okay, thanks, Gary, and good luck with it. Yeah, it can be so painful. It I know can. poor Todd's been struggling it with it as it well. Now, we had another call. I think they've dropped out. It was William in Toronto, and he was just uh, calling again about uh, chronic fatigue. This seems to be a big one, Dennis, a big mm. problem at the moment where a lot of people are, are getting chronic fatigue, and I guess he, he may have missed what you were recommending. Okay. Well, we've been talking about... Um, the astragalus 8 formula as a formula amongst other things I've found to be useful in addressing what's colloquially referred to as the chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, It's a great, in my opinion, it's a great but still underrated uh, energy remedy and I use that term in inverted commas. These days some in our profession are talking about the action of astragalus 8 as being that of an adrenal tonic And in our profession now, um, and it's sometimes used in mainstream medicine, we talk about a functional condition uh, called adrenal exhaustion. And in other words, chronic fatigue syndrome is now being referred to frequently, uh, certainly in in the naturopathic profession, as as being, if you like, an example of the functional condition of fatigue coming from uh, the adrenal glands, adrenal insufficiency, Adrenal fatigue, the adrenal glands are not diseased, but functionally they're below par. And we believe that astragalus 8 may genuinely be seen and some of its action may be associated with its ability to support and enhance the adrenal function, particularly when those glands have sustained serious stress, biological or, or, or other means. Dennis, and as you've been mentioning, mm. we know that viral infections mm. can lead mm. to chronic fatigue. Yeah. Um, but so stress alone can be enough to, to cause Well, what we need fatigue? to appreciate that there are various stressors. Yes. Viruses are stressors, but psychosocial factors also are stressors. 
And so, in my opinion, the, uh, the adrenal glands uh, can become can become weary in not only uh, addressing uh, chronic levels of viral infection, but if you like, in addressing the levels of demand being made on them by a person who is experiencing sustained and ongoing stress. And is the idea of the astragalus eight is that it kickstarts the adrenal? glands again is okay. uh, that's a basic way of well, putting I think it, it but... i think it's better to use we were talking about this earlier in the program you and i i think it's better to see it in this context as perhaps an adrenal gland tonic yes where the term tonic was much more used in an older system of medicine yes a couple of generations ago doctors would have prescribed tonics pharmacists would have prescribed tonics and what are they they are substances that have a, a non-specific enhancing effect on particular organs with no particular pharmacological input but a multifaceted uh, non-specific effect tonic remedies are difficult to chemically uh, define or explain the action of them that's why they're called tonics yes but they've been historically prescribed and astragalus 8 in my opinion can sustain the term adrenal gland tonic. And, and Dennis, we touched on this off air, but we probably something mm, we should mm. mention on air. We know that uh, it can be used when you're suffering mm. from certain symptoms. Uh, but a good question, is it something you can use as a preventative or to boost the uh, immune system and, and, yeah. and keep going for years on it? I'd have to say yes to that. In my own family, my dear wife sustained a, a very serious uh, condition years ago. Uh, um, she survived it um, but she takes and has taken since uh, the medical uh, procedure uh, she takes astragalus 8 and has done for many 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 years and I know many other patients that take it and interestingly despite uh, the seriousness of my dear wife's condition the taking of the astragalus 8 I believe explains her incredible resilience very rarely does my dear wife go down with serious viral infections? Uh, she, she's a remarkable woman at the best well, of times. Well, why would she when she's got you, Dennis? Oh, well, that, Looking I, after I, I'm, her. I'm probably the greatest stressor <laughs> in, in her life, and it might be that Stragalus 8 is taken for that secret reason. Look, I think we've got time for one more call. Coralie now in Madawi. A question for Dennis about migraines. Coralie, you there? Yep, I'm here. What's Hello, your question? Coralie. Hi, um, my sister-in-law mm-hmm. had chronic fatigue yeah. many years ago. Yes. Now she's suffering from migraines. Yes. She's had um, numerous um, injections. She's yes. gone on trial. She has to go to bed every second or third oh, day. Dear, 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 dear. And they can't find anything wrong with her. Okay. Now also my granddaughter, who mm-hmm. is only just 20, she's suffering from migraines as well. Okay. And they both live in Queensland. Okay. Well, it might have something to do with the state she's living in, do you think? No, no, no. <laughs> might, might be enough to give anyone a headache. No, look, no, no, I, I, I take that back. I, I'm the best friend of the Premier oh, up there. Oh, goodness <laughs> me, joke, the joke, state will be after joke, you. Joke, joke. Uh, look, um, I would suggest that you recommend, uh, it's your sister, is it? My sister-in-law. I would suggest she try uh, the herb fever few. F E V E R F E W FIFA View. F E V E R F E W FIFA View. Now, okay. she would have no. What part of Queensland does she live in? Oh, actually, she's not Queensland. My 
friend daughter is. She's on the on the, on the oh, okay. um, yeah right. Okay. Um, well, it does on the, on the border. Yeah, on well, the border of okay. New South Wales. Yeah, any health food store uh, mm-hmm. would have encapsulated preparations of FIFA fuel. It's a low dose remedy, and what I recommend to patients who present uh, with that is that they begin to take it on the basis they have one capsule daily, mm-hmm. and. We're prescribing it there, if you like, prophylactically or hopefully preventatively. Now, mm-hmm. if you are very good with the computer, you can Google uh, FIFAview, uh, yep. Google FIFAview-migraines, and you will see that what I'm saying is nothing new. It mm-hmm. is well known and is based on some pretty uh, recent observations of people using it in certain parts of the UK, even as a crude herb for migraine. Try that. You may well find that it gives some degree of relief. All right, Coralie, thank you for your call. Dennis, can you believe that our time's up? We're only just getting oh, going, dear, weren't we? We are indeed. We are indeed. Yeah. And we didn't have the time to take up this topic. No, you oh, wanted to talk dear. about uh, female herbalists. We've, you've been discussing yeah. this with Jane yeah. the last few weeks. Oh, well, look, we'll take it up again. I, I want to do this because I think I've said to Jane that uh, a lot of people do not realise realize that Herbal medicine has a distinctly female emphasis. Of course it and, does. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe that women are the best healers. And I'm not surprised to see that in Newcastle, for instance, we have a medical profession that is increasingly, seemingly, uh, becoming female. You're a smart man, Dennis. Sure. Well, let's do I it next indeed. week. I think I I'm in for uh, Jane again. So let's well, we'll try and get it to up. it then. Keep that hairdo going. <laughs> I'll do my best just for you. 